2: Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Tom Brand, sitting in for Mike Adams here a few days this week ahead of the holidays. Hope that your day is off to a great start. It's a pleasure to be in your home, your cab, or your place of business or workshop, wherever you may be listening this morning. Great to be a part of your day today. And how about our lineup today? Well, we've got plenty of topics to visit about. How has beef been promoted throughout this pandemic? We'll visit with Clay Brutrim with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Hey, there are three shopping days until Christmas. Do you have all your shopping finished? We may have a few things that you could include in the stocking or on that, that Christmas tree to include um, technology. We'll visit with Chad Colby. But first, let's take a look back at 2020 as well as the year ahead as the president of the National Corn Growers Association, John Linder from Edison, Ohio, joins us. John, uh, probably the, uh, the biggest news and the first thing we want to talk about here right out of the gate is the passage of, uh, of what's been going on with Congress when they're providing some relief. And we know that agriculture is going to definitely have some impact here from this COVID relief package that's been announced and uh, passed by the House and the Senate.
3: You know, it is it's exciting to uh, see Congress take a look at uh, what it really takes in the United States to bring uh, food security and, and uh, economic security uh to their population, their, their constituents, and I'm, I'm certainly glad agriculture is a key key part of that. We're, we're really proud of the efforts that they've put forward and the relationship we've had in those conversations to help get us there.
2: There's some uh, there's some pieces here that we want to be sure to, to highlight, and one of those is $13 billion going to support nutrition programs. Agriculture, of course, uh, is where those nutrition programs are administered, and uh, and that's good news to a lot of folks both in rural communities as well as in urban areas.
3: You know, it it is critical that uh, they do uh, find the right places to uh, put the investment to get our economy back where it belongs and work. We're pleased also that they've uh, recognized the opportunity to uh, channel some of those dollars into our corn industry, as, or, excuse me, into our ethanol industry that uh, is a big benefit for corn as well.
2: One of the areas that does has has had quite a bit of attention, and we've worked and worked to get funding secured for that. Is for broadband, and seven billion dollars has been earmarked to go to broadband funding. Most of that earmarked for uh, for taking place in in rural communities too.
3: Yeah, it's, it's uh, broadband's critical to our education system in this type of environment. It's it's really uh, beneficial to at the farm for our technology as well, but goes beyond that into healthcare. You know, it's going to be a new norm for a lot of uh, health care services. So, yes, that is a very critical part near and dear to all of us.
2: And the Water Resources Development Act, or what we commonly refer to as WERDA, has also been reauthorized as part of this package.
3: You know, that is, that is a plus. Our infrastructure uh, has needed attention for a long time, and we've had uh, the opportunity to... Uh, really start to move the needle and how maybe some of those uh, repairs and maintenances can take place. And so funding to go with that is uh, it's really a plus.
2: We know that uh, when it comes to locks and dams, that there are a lot of those that are, are simply outdated and inefficient. And in some cases, not even uh, up to par with, uh, with being able to work like they should. So this will, this will be a much welcome uh, um, reauthorization to, to see.
3: You're right. Uh, It's been so efficient to, uh, to break the barges apart to, to go through smaller, outdated and, uh, you know, heavily, heavily used, uh, areas on rivers so that, you know, timing just becomes, uh, costly. So it's one of our, our lifebloods. You know, it's, it's a critical piece to what makes the, the U.S. what it is in trade and as well as you know, not only international, but as well as domestic, moving commodities both ways. So, it's a uh, such a welcome, welcome thing.
2: Visibly, we see trucks and we see rail, but sometimes that uh, that waterway uh, movement of, of products is overlooked. But boy, it is a key component and and definitely necessary to make sure that we can move our our products to market.
3: Well, it's benefit to the environment as well. You know, you you mentioned it. Truck freight is uh, extremely necessary, and it has got very efficient, but it's it's hard to uh, compete when you put so many tons of freight in under one power unit and, and move it efficiently, and so that's what the you know, waterways uh, can do for us.
2: Well, you came in as, as president of uh, National Corn Growers Association on the 1st of October, um, an untypical year, to say the least. So far, as you look at, at 2020, how would you evaluate it for uh, for the national corn growers and for corn producers across the country? You
3: no, know, the first quarter of the year really started strong before I took office. Uh, you, you know, really uh, pleased that uh, the White House signed the China trade deal. And of course, it took till September to start to see the market movement related to that. But Early on, we had the Tenth Circuit Court agreed with our position that the EPA was improperly issuing small refinery exemptions. We also had the USMCA ratified. Yeah, a record number of our farmers attended our Commodity Classic in San Antonio at March. So first quarter was really good. Uh, the COVID, that was certainly, uh, you know, when when life throws you a curveball, you know, that doesn't mean you don't swing. And so we stepped right up and. and put our task force together and a couple of the outcomes for the task force was was to make, to ensure that farmers were essential workers. And it, as surprising as that was, that was the conversation need to happen, it, as well as we uh, put together a short-term uh, effort called a market recovery plan, which is coming together nicely with, with both from our value chain, um, the ethanol, the livestock, the Anybody in the commercial use of corn anybody that used corn was was in the conversation with us and are still very engaged so looking for those opportunities for helping them bolster their uh, output side, so we can move corn through through those folks and keep that relationship uh, really strong so in the next one to five years we some see some real recovery in in those markets so that was a, a really nice opportunity for us um, you know, we did we did push for The federal government relates to Farmers' Cope, and we saw a lot of creative efforts in our state associations, teaming up with ethanol plants, produce hand sanitizer, raising money for local food banks, thanking our essential medical workers. You know, a little bit of the not-well-publicized efforts that we all do because we have those values as farmers.
2: Optimistic uh, heading into the the new year for 2021 and and, uh, corn producers?
3: You know, absolutely. I see some opportunities, and I think a lot of folks are always wonder when we change administrations, what's what's going to happen. But uh, you know, we got Tom Vilsack as uh, the uh, USDA Secretary nominee. Uh, you know, who thought Tom would come back? But you know, we're we're in support of that. We've got a great relationship, as well as others that are coming in.
2: John, we appreciate the opportunity to catch up with you and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and all corn growers across the country. John Linder is president of the National Corn Growers Association from Edison, Ohio. Our guest here this morning on AOA. Hey, we're going to talk about beef checkoff and maybe a little bit about that drool log. Have you seen that? We'll visit with uh, Clay Bertram
0: next. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture. Coming right up.
1: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected, and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit DelaroComplete.us today.
0: Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, where we take a close look at the benefits of cooperative ownership. Every week we'll host a new guest and discuss how you can get the most from working with your local cooperative. And we'll learn why farmers and ranchers just like you choose cooperatives to help them persevere and prosper. So be sure to tune in each Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more recently on Adams on Agriculture. Time for our monthly visit with Kurt Blade, Senior Vice President, Ag Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, as we take a look at the latest ag equipment sales numbers. Kurt, happy holidays.
3: What do the latest numbers? Tell us. I'll tell you what, we are continuing to see some nice numbers in tractor and combine sales in, in the United States. November saw pretty much an increase across the board. Continue with this trend of under 40 horsepower tractors leading the way, but I tell you what, we saw some nice improvement in 40 to 100, plus, 100 horsepower and 100 plus horsepower tractors as well. So, good numbers for November. If you look at the year in total, is that 2020 has been a little bit of a surprise. Uh, we were we were entering into the year thinking that this was going to be a, you know a flat year. But we've seen you know in the case of under 40 horsepower tractors, we've seen a 20% year-over-year year
0: growth in that market.
4: A message brought to you by Heart Valve Voice US. For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice us.org.
0: You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world.
2: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams
1: on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams.
2: Good morning, everyone. I'm Tom Brand. I'm Executive Director of the National Association of Farm Broadcasting, and it's my privilege to be sitting in for Mike Adams as your guest host here today and again tomorrow. Mike will be back with some uh, programs for you on both Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day this Thursday, Friday. And then uh, I'm going to uh, have a chance to guest host again next uh, Monday through Wednesday. Then Michael will have some best of shows to wrap up the year and to kick off your new year. So thanks for joining us here today. We've uh, been talking uh, about uh, uh, 2020 and, and then looking ahead to 2021. And Clay Bertram is our guest at this time. Clay is the, uh, the National Cattle and Beef Association's Federation Division Vice Chair. And uh, he calls Stillwater, Oklahoma home. Clay, uh, we look at, at 2020, and this is uh, a year that uh, we know will have an asterisk in it for a lot of uh, years to come in the history books. But boy, the work has continued with uh, promoting beef here during this, uh, this time of pandemic when we've seen some uncertainties at, uh, at, at all sorts of levels, whether it's at the producer level or at the retail level or, or uh, spots in between.
5: Yeah, Tom. The uh, the impact of the pandemic has been very uh, transformative in every corner of our economy, uh, whether that be from beef to online shopping. Uh, the good news is that the consumers are cho- choosing beef more often uh, as they adapt more to cooking at home. Uh, you know, Tom, uh, we've seen the increase uh, of sixty-seven percent to seventy-two percent uh, as it compares to twenty-nine uh, as it compares to twenty-nineteen uh, with positive perceptions of beef. Uh, We've reached 70% 70 for the first time, Uh, so it's really a dynamic change as we've seen consumers choosing beef more often.
2: You think part of this is just because people are are maybe paying a little bit more attention to their to their food choices, and when they've been limited on on the uh, on what they've been able to do, getting out and about, um, they're 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 consciously now looking uh, as as they go through the supermarket shelves and saying, "This is what fits in well," or 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 what's the what's the magic formula that's taking place, Clay?
5: You know, I think as they look at their online ordering and what their diet is, and you know the 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 housewife at home and and even the the, the worker from home is having to look at what they're going to fix for dinner as they you know do that online ordering. Um, you know I got a 17 year old daughter. She does all the online ordering for. For me in my house, and you know what's she gonna order, and what are we gonna make for dinner? So I think it's uh, just a, a different perception, and, and we're you know the sh- the paradigm shift of of what we're doing, Tom, and and even as we're uh, this takeout ordering as a uh, you know as as we're seeing that shift too of you know what are we ordering from the restaurants and different things. So I think it's just a total shift in in what we're doing. Uh, as, as we, you know, move this supply chain to, to fresh beef in this ever-changing environment. Um, you know, they're cooking more meals at home prior to, than, they, than they ever were. And so we've got to show them a, a variety of different techniques, and, and we've got to get that cooking information out there. And, and that's what we've really tried to do uh, with the Federation and our State Beef Council partners is, is just show them some different ways to, uh, to cook and, and get different avenues out there.
2: Always uh, looking for for a silver lining, is is maybe one of the long-term effects of uh, what we've been through with, with stay-at-home, the fact that uh, some younger consumers are going to be better educated about beef than they might have had the opportunity to have had before?
5: Yeah, we've really seen a shift uh, of what we call inside the home compared to out of the home. Uh, you know, in CBA, we're looking to utilize a variety of different marketing platforms uh, to continuously reach that consumer, um, you know, and, and we, you know, not sure where that's at as far as you know that younger consumer, the millennial, the Gen Xer. Um, so we're really, you know, having to use this uh, consumer platform that we have uh, to uh, to pinpoint what that is, and you know that's why these consumer, this state of the consumer report, uh, Tom, is is so critical to what we do.
2: How often do you, do you look at, the, at what consumer attitudes are about beef as, as well as other products in the marketplace?
5: You know, this study is critical, and, and we do it a couple times a year just to see. And I think, uh, you know, this next year, as, as we move through this pandemic, uh, this is a study that we'll do, have to do at least a couple times. Uh, so that we can see are we still getting these positive consumer perceptions of beef and beef production and and how are those products, uh, you know, moving off our shelves and, you know, what are our recipes and what are we doing that might uh, need to be different um, so that we can keep uh, focused on, uh, you know, strong beef demand uh, through our checkoff-funded programs.
2: This didn't just magically happen. We know that uh, there is a lot of promotion that took place to make sure that beef remained top of mind and and came top of mind for people as they made those buying decisions. Uh, talk about the the work that's been done there to to continue to promote beef.
5: No, you know, Tom, you know, promotion, research, uh education, information dis- distribution, those have all been Foundation checkoff programs for many many years. Um, you know we've just highly emphasized those as we work through this pandemic. Um, you know with NCBA um, and, um, and all of our different other contractors, and this just strengthens um, you know that $11.20 return on investment that we get from that $1 beef checkoff. Um, as we move through these things, so you know we're strengthening that dollar that the, that the producer pays every time he sells that um, sells that animal, and it helps all the different contractors um, you know with consumer attitudes, behaviors, and perceptions, um, and we can't lose sight of the consumer at the end of our product, you know whether you're a, a stocker producer or a cow calf producer. Uh, or a feedlot backgrounder, you know, we all have to remember that we're in the beef business and that consumer is our end consumer, and we have to always keep them in mind in what we're doing.
2: You know, I think back to uh, the latter part of the spring, the early part of the summer, and, and we had local restaurants that were, were literally, um, um, you know, trying to keep the supply moving, and so they were offering boxes of beef that you could purchase directly from them just because their business wasn't in place. Was there a point in time, Clay, where you thought, man, how how are we going to keep things um, on track here to, to make sure that— uh, we can, we can at least have things stable. And, and here you are reporting news about a, about a better attitude of, of, with beef than we, we've seen before.
5: Yeah, I think it was all, you know, we were all wondering what we were going to do or, you know, where our next meal maybe was going to come from with everything shutting down. But, you know, we stayed focused and we persevered uh, and, we, and we pushed through. You know, even in my little hometown of Stillwater, Oklahoma, you know, uh, the local favorite Eskimo Joe's shut down for a few weeks. Uh, But, uh, you know, they they push through and, and, uh, you know, everybody wonders, uh, you know, where is it coming from? And, you know, now uh, we're pushing through and everybody's, uh, you know, learning how to adapt and and knowing where to get things. And, you know, the local markets have have adapted and and knowing where beef come from.
2: We were doing some wrapping of presents and had, uh, you know, some holiday movie on this past weekend. And and I looked up, and there was uh, a beautiful um, image on my television screen of a, of a nice uh, piece of beef that was on a rotisserie. And it was like uh, watching a, a fireside. And the voice came on, and it said something about uh, you know a movie coming soon to you. It was called Drool Log instead of Yule Log. Talk about that promotion of beef uh, during this, this holiday period and, and just the creative uh, team that put that message in place.
5: Yeah, Tom, in 2019, we introduced the beef drool log, and uh, it was a 27-minute video that, uh, that went on and on. And, and in 2020, this year, um, we had the opportunity to partner with Hallmark. Um, and I know, you know, you men out there might say, Hallmark, I've never watched that channel, but I promise you it's been on in your home. Um, so we had the partnership to uh, go on with them uh, with, you know, they have over 14 million uh, you know, views on that channel and be able to partner with the Hallmark channel and show that drool log of the, of the different uh, segments, you know, during this, this time. Um, we, you know, we have the video ads that are running um, during that time. It just, you know, it was the right network at the right time. They have an ever-growing audience uh, with, uh, you know, with the women from the ages of 18 to 49. Um, so we're really hitting that consumer target. Um, that we needed at, at, at the end of November with that with that holiday buy, um, with uh, with that Hallmark channel and and just that the you know the, the succulent beef and that drool log you know moving there as as you, as you mentioned that you saw so uh, really just a great buy for the uh, uh, for for the for beef.
2: Well, and as you mentioned, if if you want to have that uh, that beautiful image scrolling in the background uh, as as you're working on the holiday meals or or just something for fun, it is a uh, it's an awesome image to watch and and uh, very entertaining. That's for sure.
5: Yeah, it's just uh, you know it's a succulent deal, and uh, just uh, you know you can get it from a 27 minute vid- mini video to a 30 second video log. You we can download that at uh, you know dinner dot com and Uh, You can just really uh, use it. You know, we're using it for the, you know, Beef It's What's for the Holiday Dinner ad and, you know, a countdown to Christmas. Um, You know, our ribeye roast is on there, the tenderloin roast, our strip roast. Uh, There's just a a whole lot of recipes that you can find on beefitswhat'sfordinner.com for this holiday season.
2: Thanks so much for your time today, Clay. Clay Bertram is with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. He's Federation Division Vice Chair from Stillwater, Oklahoma, Merry Christmas to you and and your crew in that part of the country as well, Clay. Hey, we're going to talk about technology in your stocking. Chad Colby is our guest coming up next on AOA.
0: Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up.
1: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit DelaroComplete.us today.
0: Adams on Agriculture. agriculture. Conversations with Policymakers the movers and shakers in the ag industry. The pros and cons of issues important to you, cutting through the spin to get to the heart of the topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you a guest important to the ag industry. It's quite simply, information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Adams
5: on Agriculture.
6: You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Raw with a market check here on this Tuesday's trading session. Grain markets are mixed as the strength witnessed on Monday cannot be maintained completely. Volume is much thinner this holiday week which could exaggerate moves and require more demanding risk management. On the Board of Trade, March corn is trading a fraction higher at 440 and a quarter. The May contract down a fraction at 441 and three quarters. March soybeans trading a penny lower at 1243 Six and a quarter. The November contract down two at 10.89 and a quarter of a cent. Chicago wheat March up a penny and three quarters at 6.13. Kansas City wheat March down a penny and a fraction at 5.73 and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat March down a penny and a fraction at 5.69. Livestock activity is expected to remain subdued Tuesday and throughout the rest of this week, with the focus on the Christmas holiday on Friday. This should put the focus on cash cattle market development over the next couple of days. In cash cattle country, it's still uneventful with bids and asking prices yet to surface. Trade is expected to develop sometime Tuesday or Wednesday to avoid Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Feedlots are anticipated to price cattle at least a dollar to $2 higher this week. On the Board of Trade, February live cattle trading 55 cents lower at 114.12. The April contract down 40 at 118.30. Feeder cattle March down 50 cents at 142.62. The April contract down 47 at 144.27. February lean hogs up 32 at 66.22. The April contract up 5 at 70.05. Taking a look at the outside markets, the Dow is down 134 points. The Nasdaq Composite up 67, the S&P 500 down 2. Crude oil in New York down 78 cents at 47.19 per barrel. The U.S. dollar index is trending higher. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm
7: Kirsten Rall. You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life. But there simply aren't enough people giving blood. waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today.
0: Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.
2: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Good morning, everyone. I'm Tom Brand, sitting in for Mike Adams here for a few days. Mike taking some much-deserved vacation, and it's good to be along with you on this Tuesday. Our next guest on the broadcast this morning is Chad Colby with Colby Ag Tech. You can check him out at colbyagtech.com, or if you're a Twitterer, you probably are are connected to Chad. If not, you need to be. It's uh, simple to find him at the Chad Colby. The Chad Colby is his Twitter handle. Chad, thanks for joining us here today. I tell you what, this is a, a fun time of the year. You've got little kids in the house. I've got bigger kids, and and I've got grand uh, a grandson that's there. No matter what, we know there's going to probably be something underneath the tree. And a lot of households out there that that buzzes and squeaks and and makes all sorts of noise and has um, possibly batteries included, if not stock up on the batteries, right?
8: Yeah, and a lot of assembly required, right?
2: (laughs) That's right. That's right. So technology has become more and more commonplace uh, for us than, than ever before. I thought we'd reached a high 15, 20 years ago, but boy, there are gadgets uh, galore that are coming out, and when it comes to agriculture, uh, we've got a long list that we can talk about. Let's start with, uh, with some basics. You were with us at our NAFB convention uh, back last month, and one of the first things you talked about was the, the power of technology that fits in your pocket, and that's your cell phone, and it's one of those pieces of technology that probably everyone needs to be taking a look at.
8: You know, you're right, Tom. I mean, when I talk to uh, a lot of different companies and individuals on the farm, that's kind of the first thing I look at. You know, it's one thing to see guys go out and buy new tractors or combines or even make a land purchase or all the things that are commonplace. But, you know, to me, that first step of technology on your farm or ranch really boils down to the devices that you use the most frequent. And certainly, I mean, I'm sitting right now obviously talking to you on my smartphone, but I've got a tablet, you know, mounted in my pickup truck. But that smartphone is kind of the it's kind of the hub, right? It's where everything runs through. And whether that's your banking or your vendors you work with on your farm, whether that's your John Deere dealer or your seed dealer, your bank. That's kind of the hub. And the, the challenge I've seen is is I think there's a little bit of neglect and, and I know you've even been guilty of it before Tom of you know, hey, listen, my phone works good. I don't I don't need to upgrade it. And then one year turns into two, and now all of a sudden you're three years old and your and your phone still works fine. But the sad thing is, is the new technology and the new devices is kind of overwhelming. And it's just important to stay as current as you can. And the best example I tell people is, you know, if you if you if your buying cycle of a vehicle is three years. Say so you put 100,000 miles on a vehicle in three years, and you're going to go trade in your pickup truck. Yeah, that new pickup truck's got a couple bells and whistles, but it probably still gets 16 or 18 miles a gallon, and there's not a lot of great new features. Cell phones are just not that way. The, the newest generation of iOS phones or Apple phones is just phenomenal, and the rule of thumb right now is if you've got a button on, on the screen of your phone, it's time to go upgrade. But uh, certainly look at that technology. You will not be
9: disappointed.
2: I know that you're an an Apple products guy, but uh, it's kind of to each his own in in a certain way. Um, Your your, your overlying message is make sure you got the the technology that works best uh, for for your operation.
8: Yeah, that's right. And for those of you that are involved in agriculture, uh, maybe not directly, um, the rule's about 80-20, Tom. About 80% of agriculture is running iOS and 20% are running uh, Android products. That, that's been a, kind of a rule of thumb of mine in the last four or five years. And to be quite honest with you, I, I, I haven't seen it move really any way from that. And what really got it, the big Apple push, is so many producers are using tablets. And bar none, the tablet of choice is the Apple Tablet. And that integration between the tablet and the iPhone is very seamless and easy, very intuitive. And that's really what how agriculture got its mainstay, in my opinion, with the Apple products. But certainly take a look at it. Um, and I know a lot of people who've upgraded phones in the last few weeks, and to be quite honest with you, I don't know one person that's upgraded, maybe from that iPhone 10 to the new 12 that was disappointed in that investment. Mm-hmm. And, and it is an investment, you know, phone prices haven't changed, Tom. They're they're around a thousand dollars for a loaded up phone, maybe a little more than that, depending on the options. That's basically the same price as three or four years ago. The, the reality is you can still go buy a real nice laptop for 500 bucks. And a lot of people get hung up on that. Hey, my phone still works good. So why do I want to upgrade it? I can, I can certainly encourage you to go look at it at the options and some of the new features on these phones. It's way more than just a new camera.
2: When it comes to incorporating that technology in the cab, whether it's in the tractor, the combine, the truck, or other equipment, um, a lot of folks are are turning to the iPad or or some sort of additional mobile device then too.
8: Yeah, that's right. And I think, um, you know, it brings up a challenge that, you know, where I'm at in central Illinois, I'm in that Bloomington, Peoria, Bloomington area. I don't see it that much, but one of the things you'll notice with a new smartphone or a new tablet, and that's how better connected the devices are, and for those of you that are in some coverage areas in the country with some challenges, let me tell you, the new devices do a lot better job as far as being connected. Um, to the grid, if you would, or cellular connectivity is certainly noticeably better in most cases, I can tell you. But yeah, having that device in the cab, they've got better screens, they're brighter, easier to see. Um, There's just a lot of great new enhancements to tablets, and and tablets have been around a long, long time now. It's kind of the the commonplace, and uh, it's exciting to see the gains in the technology right now.
2: And your local equipment dealer, um, they, they're they working, uh, it really doesn't matter on the, on the manufacturer here, they're working to make sure that you can incorporate that technology in the cab and, and that it makes sense for any operation. It doesn't have to be a large operation. This really is technology that works for producers, big and small. Yeah,
8: that's right. I think what I really, especially in the area we live in now with, with the challenges because of COVID, it's pretty impressive to see really how, in our industry, in agriculture, we're such a personable industry. You have those relationships maybe with your implement dealer, your feed store, wherever you, whatever vendors you use, and they're really relying on technology today. And maybe that's an online parts lookup for your tractor or combine or whatever it might be on your farm. Guess what? A couple button clicks, and you know what? Those parts are sitting outside your favorite dealership with your name on them in a bag, and you pick them up you know, after hours or during hours. So there's, there's a lot of benefits to the new technology today. And the nice part is, is you know, everybody can use it. Um, I think that's one thing that the, the iOS devices, the Apple devices have done, or maybe in some of the industries in ag, we've, we've lagged behind Tom, and that's how intuitive they are. Those devices are very easy to use. They're not complicated. You don't need that two-inch manual behind the seat to figure out how to use it. You can just take your thumb and wander around and figure it out on your own pretty easily. But, it, you know, what the holidays right around the corner, Tom, it's a great gift idea, um, you know, whether that's your local Verizon shop or, you know, Best Buy or online somewhere. Don't don't forget about that, especially if you've got somebody that's hard to buy for. You know, maybe dad's not... Uh, Maybe he's not thinking of upgrading his four-year-old iPad. Well, guess what? Maybe it's Tad's turn for a new tablet this year. But it's great technology, but make sure you check it out. There's some new generations of that technology that are out right now that are pretty fantastic.
2: There's some, uh, some cool things that could be in a stocking that, uh, are, are both fun as well as, uh, able to be a part of the farming operation. The thing I think you've always been a fan of are those GoPro cameras and boy, this Hero 9 is bringing all sorts of, uh, of new chemistry to the market with it.
8: You know, it's so fun. I, you know, I was, I got on the GoPro bandwagon as soon as they first came out, which had to be, my goodness, 2009, 10, somewhere in there. And, I was still racing snowmobiles at the tail end of my racing career, but I was putting GoPros on snowmobiles for the first time. Well, that's in the winter. And then obviously when spring rolled around, it's like, well, let's put this on tractors, combines, planters. And, you know, it's kind of the first guy to do that. And then we're putting GoPros in the air. Our first drones, we, we had GoPros on. That's how we got the footage. You fast forward to today. All those challenges that we had with good GoPro footage back in the day they've addressed and the biggest is stabilization and the hero 8 has it and now the hero 9 has the next generation of it and basically what that means is you can take a, a little square GoPro camera like you guys all know about a little sports camera and you can hold it in your hand and take a walk but the footage is still and nice and easy and the other thing they did too now is they've enhanced the GoPro with longer battery, so the, the physical shape of the camera with the 9 is actually a little bigger, so it can support a longer battery, which is a big deal if you've ever used one. Historically, they were they're pretty hard on batteries. Now, they go a long time. I mean, I get an hour out of mine pretty easily now, which is a big deal. And they also have some new attachments, which are super cool, Tom. they got got some different lens options. They've got a case you can put it in that, for those of you that do anything in media, um, it has uh, two microphones external, plus it has the ability to have it. you know plug in mics. there's an optional light. there's just all kinds of fun stuff. They even make a second screen so you can have a bigger display screen to see what you're shooting it's um It's quite an enhancement uh, personally i they almost needed to call something different because um, this thing is it's a performer. It's really neat, and you know a lot of us use it in various things. If you saw the virtual Farm Progress show this year. There were GoPros everywhere on that machinery top. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great rugged camera, too.
2: Well, my first introduction to Chad Colby came in the world of drones. And we want to talk with Chad about drones, maybe getting into them, and maybe doing some upgrades to your drone. Chad Colby with Colby Ag Tech is our guest. Catch him on Twitter at the Chad Colby. We'll visit more with Chad about some technology that you might include in your stocking stuffers. When we return with Adams on Agriculture, AOA, after this.
0: Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Do you know how to keep food safe at home?
4: Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy
6: lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to separate. First, use different cutting boards for meat, poultry, seafood, and veggies. Raw meat should never touch food that won't be cooked. Then, always keep raw meat, poultry, seafood, and their juices away from other foods in the shopping cart. And store raw meat, poultry, and seafood in a container or on a plate in the fridge so juices won't drip on other foods. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe.
1: Clean, separate, cook, and chill.
6: For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-Hotline.
4: Hey, Dad.
9: Brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council.
1: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit DelaroComplete.us today.
6: Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing
0: This is Around the Table, where we explore the benefits of cooperative ownership. And this week, we're talking about changes in E-15 fuel sales with Akhtar Hussein, who leads refined fuels marketing at CHS. So the EPA removed the seasonal restriction on E-15 fuel sales last summer.
9: Why is that important for agriculture? Well, I think it removes a large barrier from having more commonplace E-15 availability in the retail sector. Um, That was one of the biggest challenges, I think, for retailers who were interested in offering E-15 to consumers was the fact that they weren't able to sell that product year-round. So um, this change in the EPA rule really opens up that ability for more retailers to sell E-15. Aktherga, if you would, explain what some of the barriers have
0: been that retailers have to overcome to offer year-round E-15. That
9: restriction to only sell the product uh, part of the year played into that certainly being a large barrier. But one thing I would like to say is the Senex brand through CHS is the only energy brand today that has an EPA approved mishealing mitigation plan, which means Senex branded marketers have got some significant barriers removed for them. As an agriculturally based cooperative and being farmer owned, Uh, We understand the benefit of having higher ethanol fuels offered to consumers, and we think that by giving consumers additional fuel choices as well as giving our distributors those fuel choices really uh, should accelerate the adoption of uh, fuels like E15 selling in the consumer marketplace.
0: Thanks for joining us around the table. Learn more about the benefits of co-op ownership from CHS at cooperativeownership.com. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world.
2: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Tom Brand sitting in for Mike Adams on this Tuesday with AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Mike on much deserved vacation, and he'll be back with some best of programs for you both Thursday and Friday this week. We are continuing our conversation this morning with Chad Colby. Find him online at, ch- at uh, ColbyAgTech.com or with Twitter, the Chad Colby. I think for the longest time, Chad, if I mentioned your name in conversation, people would say, well, Chad, that's, that's the drone guy. And now anymore I think they'd say, well, that's the technology guy. But, boy, drones have stayed uh, near and dear to your heart. And DJI is, is definitely the market leader and, and the one to go to for anyone that's getting into drones. They've come out with this mini two that is incredible, just incredible to look at.
8: Yeah, you know, it's so funny when I talk about drones. You know, I've been around it so long. Um, you know, Tom, I think the first ones I got were back in 2010. And as things progressed with the, the when the Phantom came out, if you remember, it didn't even have a camera. Um, you had to mount a GoPro to the bottom of it rigid. It didn't even have a gimbal. And then you couldn't stream the video, so you had to have different devices. And, you know, I still kept, like my first iPhone, and my first tablet i still kept my first drone i have my original Phantom in the box it has seven different vendors (laughs) that made that drone work we used different controllers of course a gopro camera it was a complicated mess and as things progressed over time then you got that influx of cash in the drone space where all of a sudden there were a lot of different companies that were going to sell fifteen thousand dollar drones in agriculture and the whole time I kind of sat off to of the side and went, no, that doesn't work. I mean, that's cute in theory, but that's not going to sustain. And now that that smoke's all cleared, you know, we're getting back to the practical side of drone use. And one of the challenges that always I've been up against with both farmers and manufacturers like DJI is the entry level, Tom, is still has kind of always been that $2,500 range. That's a case and a good drone that can do some mapping. It's been that space from there and on up. And my frustration has been, can't you make something a thousand bucks? That'll do a great job. That's easy to use, that's intuitive like our smartphone, and we can go take pictures of cattle, we can take pictures of our farm with issues, whether that's weather damage or whatever it might be. And they've just never done it before. There's been some nice efforts at that, but they just they they weren't good enough for what we need in until the Mini 2. And let me tell you, Tom, it is an unbelievable little drone. I get my drones from a company called Flying Ag because they're farm guys. And I want to say their kit, all complete, ready to go, is about 750 bucks or something. And that's a hard case Pelican type plastic kit, three batteries, all the goodies. But listen, the first time I went and tested this drone, I went and flew it in basically 35 mile an hour winds. And expecting it to fail, I was actually talking with one of the owners of Flying Ag. We were laughing because they didn't think it was going to work that good either. And this thing is flawless. It is an amazing little drone for seven hundred fifty bucks. It weighs less than that Diet Coke in your studio right now. Think about that, Tom. Hmm.
2: Yeah, and and the technology that's packed into that little thing is is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> For folks that have not, uh, have not entered into the drone world, they may be asking the question, yeah, how, I'm, I'm not going to do any mapping. How could I use a drone on my farm? I don't think we have enough time to talk about how they could probably in, uh, implement a drone on their farm, but there are a lot of practical applications you can do with a drone besides mapping.
8: Yeah, that's, to me, that was always overlooked in the infancy, okay? When you open up your, your favorite ag publication, there's drone stuff and there's, you know, thermal cameras that are $20,000 and all this multi-spectral stuff, which is, don't get me wrong, it is super neat, I've used it, and I've spent a ton of money in it, I know how it works. But you can't argue with the fact at 2.30 in the afternoon and your cows are out and you're trying to find your cattle, the value of opening up a little case, throwing your smartphone on it, and throwing this little drone up in the air that that can handle the weather conditions and fly around and look for those cattle that are out in the neighbor's field. Or what happens when that storm comes and you've got some damage in your field or you've got field trials, or maybe you want to fly it right after a, a heavy rainstorm to see the, the, the benefits of tile or the lack thereof it. There's just so many use cases. And and I've always I've always said this and will continue. There's no farming operation that's willing to argue the point that they can't afford $700 for something of this nature. The reality of drones are most people are just intimidated by them because they think it's something else remote control, and that means it's going to work for about three days, Tom, and then it's not going to work anymore. (laughs) And, And that's just not how these systems are. They're incredibly reliable. They're easy to use. They all have... You know, multiple GPS systems, they have sonar around them, so you can't just run them into the side of the building. Well, unless you turn that stuff off, then you could. But, uh, right. you know, Tom, they, you've flown them, Tom, you know. Auto takeoff, auto land anymore, that's a standard function. They just work so easy. And if you if you need more information, uh, like Tom mentioned, you can go to my website or go out to YouTube, type in my name and mini to... You'll see a great review that I did on it. We actually had it on this week in Agribusiness. And listen, when you see this thing, how easy it is to use, and the physical size of it, the Mini 2 is a great drone. And then to step up from that, Tom, things get a little more sporty. Uh, you'll move up to the Mavic 2. That's, that's a drone for mapping. That's going to put you in that price point of about $2,500, a little more, a little substantial. And then the other thing that's brewed here in the last couple years is there are some systems now for those of you that want to fly a lot of acres. Uh, there's a, a drone called the Quantix, which has VTOL technology, and that's vertical takeoff. So it takes off like a quadcopter, goes straight up, and then once it gets to 100 feet, it actually lays over and becomes an airplane. And it allows you to cover a lot of acres. I've flown you know, 2,000 acres, no problem in, you know, five, six hours. So there's some great systems out there, and even that drone's only $6,500. So that's a far cry from systems we were buying five or six years ago that were upwards of fifteen twenty thousand dollars 20000 Then you got to buy the cameras, and that was just, yeah, a lot of money.
2: Are there some, some, uh, some drone upgrade recommendations that, that you make for, uh, for folks that are wanting to go to that next level then, Chad?
8: You know, for the most part right now, um, I would tell you, yes. In the past, um, I've got drawers of cameras and stuff that I use. Right now, I'm trying to stay off the shelf um, because I, I, I refuse to make drones a hobby. Um, I need them to perform a task, you know, to take the pictures, do whatever they need to do, and then be done. And when you start modifying things, that's when you start getting out on an island. And I, and I stay away from that. As far as mapping goes, there's a system called Drone deploy which has really become the leader in that space especially in agriculture it's a couple button clicks it makes your DJI Mavic drone kind of operate like you would mow your yard goes back and forth in a pattern and then it will take all those images and stitch those together kind of like you're putting the puzzle together on grandma's kitchen table and then send you the data back and it's fantastic. And you can do the same thing with quantics. You can update that data, update it if you would, right into drone deploy. And works really, really, really good. And a lot of people are even using this technology in other industries as well. They have the ability to, you know, count cars. They're working on counting cows. Yes, you could count cattle with a drone. Um, doing square footages mm-hmm. of of roofs for re-roofing homes. There's just all kinds of amazing things you could do with drones without breaking the bank like we used to back in the day.
2: Well, we appreciate always the opportunity to connect up with you, Chad. I know your top recommendation to, would be in the in a stocking would probably be batteries, right? <laughs>
8: there's always there's always that next piece <laughs> of technology, Tom. That's for sure.
2: That's right. Chad Colby. Check him out online, colbyagtech.com or on Twitter at the Chad Colby. Our guest here today on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Tom Brand. Back with you tomorrow talking about a variety of things. Zippy Duval, American Farm Bureau, auctioneers, COVID, and cheese. What a combination. All coming up tomorrow on AOA. Have a great day, everyone. Hi, this is
0: Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.